Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Joe, we are live. What's up, everybody? November 12th, Sunday, November 12th, right after UFC Norfolk. An interesting, spectacular, crazy event. Crazy attire. Crazy blood everywhere. Matt Brown has no idea if he's staying or not staying. I mean, what an exceptional event. I enjoyed it from, from top to bottom. Although there were a few fights where it was kind of like, come on, guys. There's about, I think, five straight decisions. But, uh, I mean, a couple of those fights were absolutely fantastic. But uh, a weird end to the main event with Anthony Pettis and Dustin Poirier. Uh, and, guys, by the way, tons of mixed martial arts news uh, that we are going to discuss. It, it's, it was one of those days where, after we went live on Tuesday, Domino's. MMA dominoes just started falling right across the MMA bubble. Uh, Sean and I will discuss after we go uh, with a quick recap here uh, for UFC Norfolk. Dustin Poirier emerges victorious. Sean defeats Anthony Pettis. Uh, I knew right off the bat what the tap was about. Uh, I didn't know 100%, but I knew that it was a rib injury. I think I've experienced something like that before uh, when someone had a body triangle on me and I tried to spin out and pop. So I kind of know what that was about. What did you think about that fight, though? Early on, it wasn't the fight that I expected. Then quickly, that turned around. It, the pace picked up, especially towards the middle and end of that first round. Dustin Poirier had the advantage. There were, like, I saw Pettis miss an opportunity for a knee. I thought Pettis also, or uh, Poirier late in the fight, missed an opportunity for an arm, uh, or had an arm choke, an arm triangle. But it didn't really matter because whatever he was doing caused, uh, helped contribute to Anthony Pettis's rib injury. It got really brutal. It got really dirty. I thought that the ref placement when they start restarted the fight was a little questionable, but that didn't really seem to matter because Anthony Pettis got right back into triangle position after that. So there, there's a lot to this fight. Uh, Anthony Pettis pulling out triangles out of everywhere and uh, almost making them work, but Dustin Poirier able to slip out. This fight lived up to the billing. I do hate that it ended in this way because, you know, you hate to see any fight end like that, especially a back-to-back Poirier fights ending in a weird manner. That sucks for him, even though nobody's really doubting his win right now. I don't see a lot of people putting an asterisk next to that or anything. Whereas when he said 
I've beaten two champions in a row. He didn't really <laughs> beat Alvarez. Like, come on now. Yeah, well, Dustin's being Dustin, right? But uh, I really liked how calm he was in every one of those um, submission defenses, right? He was sitting there. I've been here a thousand times. I know exactly what's going to happen here. Uh, I was also super impressed. I know Paul Felder. You got, we got to give props to Paul Felder, though. Yeah. Not only is he a fantastic uh, color commentator, um, he wasn't biased in the main event. He was very objective, made it very, very clear. We all know that he trains with Anthony Pettis. He's, he's a Duke Rufus guy. But you you would never know that by listening to the way he, he, he helped. Yeah, he was very professional with him and Anik. Uh, so kudos to Paul Felder. Uh, kudos to Pettis, though, the way he's able to spin inside somebody's guard, whether it's a triangle or not. Like, I mean, he did it for like, a, a body triangle or not. So kudos to him. But Dustin Poirier, when he landed that elbow, he basically said, you can feel it when your opponent – the will to the will to compete starts leaving them, and he just felt it. And I liked how afterwards he went after Sean Shelby. Give me the fifty k. Give me the winner of Which Justin Gaethje. Did he ever? Yeah, give me Justin Gaethje, the winner <laughs> of Justin Gaethje and Eddie Alvarez. Uh, and then he tells Anik afterwards, "That's what I said." And then give me that title shot. Your work is done, guys. Okay, good job there, Dustin. Yeah, there there were a few things I love. Pettis using a Grandy role at one point in this fight. Like you don't see a lot of that in MMA. That was really cool. These elbows from the guard. Now, this is something I actually spoke to my wrestling coach about because, you know, he's all about the top game and stuff like that. If you don't protect yourself when you are in somebody's guard these days, you're getting sliced up with elbows. That was a really underutilized tactic for years, in my opinion. And if you are low in somebody's guard, that that's a tactic that's going to be used. Anymore, you have to have your head even with their head or above the opponent's head but ideally even so they don't have room to to hoist up and throw those elbows because if you're on top of somebody, oftentimes your your hands may be on, on the ground. They may be uh, on somebody's body. That gives the person on the bottom a lot more space to throw elbows, and they don't have to try to balance themselves. They're already balanced. They're on their back. They just have to use their leverage and throw those elbows. We saw that a little bit in this fight. I looked to see more of that until – it starts getting negated with uh, people maybe not not sitting so low in the guard. Because, you know, Joe, I mean, obviously you want to sit either low or high. You don't want to be in the middle or you're going to get triangled in general. But uh, I loved seeing that. And, man, Dustin Poirier and Anthony Pettis, they put on the fight that we all expected. Yeah, I mean, leading up to this fight, we made it pretty clear what could happen in this fight here. Uh, and in my Fun Bets video, I, I made it crystal clear. Um, the way... Dustin Poirier fights in comparison to how Anthony Pettis fights. Dustin Poirier is not going to give him any space. He's going to bring the pace. He's going to bring the pain. And he did exactly that. He just went in there and he just puts on those fights that are sometimes are difficult for guys like Anthony Pettis, uh, who isn't the same fighter since that Eddie or since that Rafael Dos Anjos fight um, scrap when he lost the title. He was much different before. He was able to use those angles. He was able to use that space. He was able to use his reach. Now it's a little bit slower. It's a little bit more awkward. Still a fantastic fighter. Just Dustin Poirier in that matchup. You know, Styles make fights. I think Dustin Poirier did what he had to do to win. I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, but again, now it remains to be seen because, you know, these rankings sometimes are loopy. We know that. Um, but what is this really going to mean? He really wants that fight with Gaethje and Alvarez, and I think he deserves it because there's unfinished business, absolutely, with Eddie Alvarez. So if Eddie wins, it'd be great to see that. And if Gaethje wins, well, you got a new opponent right there, right? Or do you get I'm Gaethje, yeah. I'm waiting about a month before I take a fight like that if he wins because if Gaethje wins mm-hmm. and a guy named Habib doesn't make weight or yes. doesn't make it to the fight, 
Conor McGregor has already spoken Justin Gaethje's name. Like that's already out there. That that name is in Conor McGregor's mind right now because he likes the way that he fights. He likes the style. He's undefeated. Like when Conor McGregor speaks your name, it's like okay, that it's a potential now because how long has he? For some people, he's just like, ah, eh, I don't see that fight. One one fight in the UFC, and he sees this fight with this guy. So if you're Gaethje and you beat Alvarez. Yeah, that that's one I'm waiting around for. Now, if you're Alvarez, you're not getting a fight with McGregor, like maybe ever, because of that that one sided molly whopping that happened. Like it's it's hard to come back from that. Like just a sustained ass kicking that was. But whether Alvarez wins or loses, you can go to the Poirier fight, and people are still gonna like I said before, people are still gonna be like, okay, we can we can watch this, we can see this, this one's fine. But shout-outs to uh, Dustin Poirier for doing the job and winning the fight, saying what he wants. I, I like it. I like it. You mentioned the potential of all these guys or some of these guys fighting Conor McGregor. Uh, I don't know that Conor McGregor is going to be fighting anytime soon, but we can get to that a little bit later. Uh, it all depends on what the sanctioning bodies may do. Uh, to Mr. McGregor, oh, they ain't doing the, shit to him, Joe. They're so. not doing up. shit to him, Joe. We'll get to, we'll get to that a little bit and later Joe, on. Joe, we okay. don't have to get to it. They ain't doing shit to him. You and I stand as much of a chance of of disciplining Conor McGregor as whatever whatever athletic commission claims or threatens they're going to do something. They ain't doing anything to Conor McGregor. Not a thing. I'm willing to bet they are. Maybe a fine. Woo. You think because the UFC's velvet hammer is going to come down? Be like, guys, listen, man, don't do it. Don't well, do it. The irony is Jason High lost his job for doing the same thing, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Absolutely. Co-main event, Matt Brown. Diego Sanchez. Yeah. Um, big ups to Fox Sports 1. You're working really hard to get that um, that extension with UFC, right? Missing finishes. Oh, that was. Oh, I, th- I thought that only happened here. No, so no, it definitely cool. happened okay. here. The feed cut to a press conference Look, that, yeah, like in the middle of the not of all the times, right in the middle of that knockout. Now, I've I've often spoken about the Matt Brown Cincinnati fight. I'll never forget that fight. This again did not start the way that I expected it to. I didn't. We I didn't expect Diego Sanchez to come out and shoot low singles or shoot singles up against the cage. Didn't see that. But then later, he timed that body kick, which is the blueprint to defeat Matt Brown. I'm sorry, man. If Matt Brown wants to beat me up at a grocery store, I'm not (laughs) punching him. I'm not punching him. If I've got one shot, you say, Sean, you got one shot. And if you miss, Matt Brown's kicking your ass. I'm giving that one free shot to his body with my leg. That's what I'm doing. That's what Diego Sanchez did, and it worked. Uh, Brown doubled over, almost like it was reactionary, almost like he's used to reacting that way when he gets hit there. Well, he did say he in the post-fight interview he's, he's had internal issues for quite some time, but quote-unquote he's not, not making excuses. Not surprised. Not surprised. That's what we call the old pant shitter kick right there. Colby Covington was using that as like a finish in impact wrestling type of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So – um then Matt Brown times it, catches the kick, and just lands a disgusting elbow. Just a disgusting, like, overhead elbow that flattened Diego Sanchez. 
Do you, well, I mean, do you think we see Matt Brown again? Because he didn't seem committed to to hanging it up. And he and Andre Arlovsky, who we don't really have to talk about the fight. We can talk about the diaper because there wasn't anything to that fight. <laughs> they bought some more time. They both they both extended their stays because this would have been four straight losses for Brown. It would have been like six for Arlovsky. But now, I mean, if they, if Matt Brown wants to lose two more fights, if he wants to fight twice more, he can do it. And I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point, Matt Brown's making like 50-something thousand to fight. I'm thinking, because the way Matt Brown answered the question, he, he said, you know what, there was talk that this was going to be his last fight. But then when he realized that, you know what, you, you, you can't say that and not be able to compete as hard as possible, train as hard as possible for a guy like Diego Sanchez. So he did state afterwards that he's going to have a conversation with his family and friends and coaches and stuff like that. Uh, in the end, I think he does walk away. I think because, you know, if, if he was smart, with if he gets his 50000 tonight. Um, oh, he's getting that 50000 Yeah. If he gets that 50000 in essence, you know, you, you got paid. You got some good money. Um, you could walk away if you saved up all your other bonuses and, and invested it properly or whatever. You got some good stuff taken care of. Um, in the heat of the moment, I mean, it, it's a, it's an interesting scenario when you think about it, but I think once they, they have that conversation, I think they'll say, you know what, just go out on top. Just go out on top. You know, if you're Matt Brown, like, I'm sure you got to look at it like this. He's making 50 to show at least, I would imagine, at this point. If he wins, that's another 50. Mm-hmm. If he wins in dominating fashion, that could be another 50. He's getting 20 on top of that from Reebok. So he can turn night into 170 grand if he has a great performance yeah. like this. If they match him up against the right kind of guy who just isn't in his league. Diego like, did not look like he was in his league at all. No, he Diego didn't. did not. Well, look I mean, good. He, not when he got knocked out, but I mean, his his takedown attempts, like they were, they were what they were. But I mean, if if they put Matt Brown in there, it's going to be against a veteran or a guy who they're trying to get to break into the top fifteen type of thing, or maybe the top twenty on the cusp. And he stands probably a fair chance of obliterating either one of those. At the same time, he stands a pretty fair chance of being obliterated, too. Ultimately, I think with him, probably for him, it might just be too much money to say no to because, I mean, you're getting 70000 no matter what, Joe. I mean, that's that's Matt Brown no matter what. 50 to show, 20 from Reebok before taxes and everything. And for a lot of people, like, like what does he do? Does he go run a gym? Does he – is that what he's going to do full time? I mean, that seventy thousand to a hundred thousand might be your yearly income if you're doing that, depending on where you are, how successful you are, how many students you have. It's a lot to take in, but what a sick, disgusting, filthy, gross <laughs> knockout that was! I wanted, I had to fortunately it was myself in Purell after I watched that. Oh my, I don't blame you. He he had that. It, it was like a baseball pitcher. He just had it just wound up and just came right across. I mean, you probably couldn't land that nine times out of ten versus any other fighter other than that situation. But my goodness, did he land that hard? It was just brutal. I don't know if it was more than brutal than Junior Albini's decision to roll up his shorts into his underwear to look like he was wearing a diaper. Uh, I remember Dana White losing his marbles when Dennis Hallman showed up the way he did. I think that was in Montreal. Uh, and lost his mind. It's the first thing that came to my mind when I saw Junior Albini for the first time on camera this evening, and I said to myself, no, 
Dana White is not going to be happy with this. Uh, and the fight itself, I mean, Junior, I was expecting more. Uh, good on Orlowski for winning, but I don't think Junior had the right game plan in place there or, or just, just didn't pick up the pace. Yeah, it's, I mean, Albini will be back. I'm sure he'll do well. And he he's a 26-year-old heavyweight. I mean, he didn't get, like, pieced up or anything. It was an uneventful fight. Good for Arlovsky, man. Good for him. I don't know how in the in the hell he was still ranked after losing five straight fights, but he was. And somehow they'll probably move him up a spot. They better not. Oh god, they better not. This wasn't good. Um it was not a good fight, but Arlovsky thinks he's got a couple more years in him. Well, he screwed up his seating for the Bellator Heavyweight Tournament, which we'll talk about later on. Yeah. Because he could have been putting that, but uh, that ain't, that ain't going to happen. Uh, Cesar Ferreira, Nate We got to talk about this, this fight. So as I was saying, Afiela Sonsal taking on Matthew Lopez <laughs> uh, in a fight that you – were you running the Fightful tweet or Twitter account today? Yeah. Yeah, you were not happy with Matthew Lopez's style. You were saying he was slow. Uh, Asensio, despite the ankle injury, because I, I remember when Asensio was at, uh, I've seen him a few times, especially at Titan events when Freddie was fighting. Uh, and it wasn't one of those, I mean, I've, I've broken my ankle three times, two on, one, two on my left, mm-hmm. once on my right, but I was always in an air cast or a walking boot. This guy had that, that wheel thing that you had to go yep. around with. Uh, so it was pretty bad. And he looked absolutely fantastic tonight. Inside leg kicks. Landing at will, tenderizing the counterfighting, counterfighting yep. really well. Which, as we mentioned with that ankle injury, that hey, that if that, if you can make that work at 135 pounds, that's that's good. If you can find the right opponent like Matt Lopez, who will let you be a counterfighter in this division and not employ a lot of footwork, that's good. Matt Lopez looked soft, soft. I mean, he never looks like like a, an animal. He's not like. Uh, Paulo Costa out here or anything, but he looked softer than usual. He missed weight and he got knocked the f out. Uh, I probably did him justice because that leg was done. I mean, it was like oh, a yeah. ten- tenderized at a, at a butcher shop for veal sandwiches the next day, or, or it was just, ugh, it was just disgusting. But uh, what, what do learn- you think? What do you think of a Sun Sal and Dillashaw again? They've split it, and a Sun Sal's won ten of his last eleven fights. Here's the thing. When they put him up against Dillashaw, I mean, I, that was our first week running the site, and I said it. I was like, this isn't fair. This isn't right to have a guy who is coming off of a year-and-a-half layoff, over a year-and-a-half, like it was like a 20-month layoff off that kind of injury to put him up against TJ Dillashaw. I thought that was wrong. I thought that was unfair to have a guy coming off of such a severe ankle injury and put him in there with a guy that has the footwork of TJ Dillashaw. Like, warm him up a little bit. Come on now. A little bit. And I think, and I'm not saying he would win against TJ Dillashaw, but he would fare much better than he did at UFC 200, in my opinion. I, I, it's, it's tough to debate that point or argue that point. My debate is Cody Garbrandt needs an opponent. Yeah. Us and Sal, Cody Garbrandt makes total sense to me. Uh, winner gets that title shot. Dominic Cruz is out. Um, I mean, I don't think Austin Sal is going to step in there and face uh, Jimmy Rivera. Um, although he might. Um, at the same time, I mean, who, who's there for 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 Rivera? There is Marlon Marias. Marlon Marias really wants that fight he, big he time. Called, yeah. He called him out. He called him out. Yeah. What did you think of the scorecards? That was a fun fight. But what did you think of the scorecards? Thirty twenty seven both ways. 
Um, it's one of those fights where when you look at the numbers of the scorecards and you see 30-27 one way, 30-27 the other way, 30-27 for the third, you just kind of like, but it was that close of a fight where you can make that argument. I think, um, you know, Marlon won the fight. I think Marlon won that fight. He was perfectly fine in getting a 30-27. Uh, I don't know where John Dodson got 30-27. Did you see it? No, I didn't. I can see, you know, if somebody put 29-28 Dodson, I wouldn't, like, throw my hands up and, like, kick my wall or anything, but. I I didn't see it. Was there there ever a point where Marlon was hurt? If they fought 10 times, you never know how that one would go on any given night. So I think Marlon won. I mean, with the fact that Marlon won, I think the right call was made there. But split decision, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It should have been a unanimous decision. Uh, Before we get to that next fight, though, Clay Guida, Joe Lozon. Clay Guida, like what happened there, Joe Lozon? Joe Lozon wasn't there. Don't say that Joe Lozon was there tonight. He he didn't fight. It was Clay Guida beating up a scarecrow is what that was. Uh, That was frightening and sad, and it was his first TKO win in like a decade. Yeah, long time. Clay Guida? Uh, dude, Clay Guida, man. What happened to you? <laughs> what happened to you? All of a sudden, he's got back-to-back wins over Eric Koch and uh, Joe Lozon since he's back at lightweight? Hell yeah, my man. Did you get nervous when he was grabbing his glove and he was saying, yeah, well, this is the last, my last fight with the UFC on this contract? And I was like, oh, my God. I thought he was retiring. I'm like, oh, he's, no, taking, no, he's I, taking his glove off. He's going to put it in the center of the octagon. So it is his posted, last fight. Yeah, and he's, he, I posted the tweet, and I was like, wow, he missed the uh, he missed the Bellator heavyweight tournament by like a day. <laughs> he would have gained fifty pounds for that. Like, oh, you know, oh, you know, Scott Coker's about to make it rain. Yeah, Scott Coker's out there like Anderson Silva money, Playboy. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we are gonna see. Guida fighting both Pitbull brothers in no time. <laughs> no time. Oh, by the way, uh, guess who's main eventing this week's Bellator show? I'm going to go with what is a Pitbull brother for 500, Alex? You will be shocked to learn that it is in a rematch because that's the only type of fights that Patricio <laughs> Pitbull competes in. We do have an exclusive uh, on him up at Fightful.com right now. FightfulMMA.com, though. as tons of it. We got tons of UFC contract news up there, too. James Lynch really coming through. We uh, announced a signing. We've announced a, a contract expiration, a contract renewal, all in the same week. FightfulMMA.com making those moves. Also, I did a bunch of video updates since we uh, – since we did that show on Tuesday, I did a bunch of video updates on our YouTube. So those of you who are listening, go subscribe, youtube.com slash Fightful. Compiled those into a fight size podcast and released that as well. But uh, check that out at Fightful as well, guys. I, I bet You know who I bet loves mini podcasts? Jimmy Van? No, Sage Northcutt. <laughs> hey, man. Look pretty good tonight. Looked pretty good tonight. He looked pretty uh, swell tonight. Yes, he looked well, hot diggity darn, hot dog. <laughs> what did you What did you tweet after his fight? He's just a good kid or something like that. No, what did you say? Well, I can't remember. What did I tweet? It's just, I said he was too wholesome. wholesome. What's it? Wholesome. It's too wholesome, man. Something's up. <laughs> 
something's up. Like, I'm not saying that he's secretly like a Coke dealer or anything, but like something's up with that guy. Like he's a narco. He's condescendingly kind. Like if you ran that gimmick in pro wrestling, Joe, yeah. he would be such a great heel. He would be such the best. Yeah, you're heel. right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Just somebody who is just way too nice. Oh, Sage, man. <laughs> hey, we skipped over Tatiana Suarez and the Vivian Perea. Suarez. She's one to watch, man. Suarez is She's one to watch. Awesome, man. She looked fantastic. Well, I wouldn't say, sorry. Don't, don't, don't let that visual hype get to my head. She looked really good. Not fantastic. She looked really, really good uh, in a very dominating performance. Even got a 30-26 on one scorecard. So pay attention to her, 115 pounds, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, people look at a record, and it, coming into this, I had somebody message me, and they were like, why are you talking up this this 4-0 that hasn't fought in a year? And I was like, whoa, 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 chill. Chill on that, because she had three wins on the Ultimate Fighter, including one over Kate Jackson, an outstanding fighter. One over J.J. Aldrich, who is in the UFC. So she's essentially got like four UFC-caliber wins at this point. Very, very uh, impressed with her. and really rangy straw weight man like it wouldn't shock me to see when you're that rangy and you have a wrestling pedigree we see that with darian caldwell in bellator we hey we see it with john jones in the ufc if you have that type of range and you have a world level wrestling pedigree oh that's tough to overcome it's gonna be tough for a lot of these girls to overcome that i can't wait to see what she does uh I hope she gets back in the cage soon. She didn't take a lot of damage. Uh, Vivian Pereira, I'm calling you out. You're lucky that our girl Suarez apparently doesn't know how to do a Von Flu choke. Oh, you saw that. You saw that as well. I was she just was like, back oh. and for it. That's yep. Joe. That's week one in the gym stuff. Yep. That is week one in the gym stuff because you get taken down, you hold on to it, somebody taps you out with it, and then you never do it again. Week one. Damn it. The battle against the the battle against the Von Flu continues, and there wasn't even a Von Flu, but there should have been. It's one of those things that every time I see a Von Flu choke attempt or the availability there. Your face just flashes in my eye with your just steam coming out of your skull. I wish Jimmy Red. Van would buy time on UFC just when somebody holds on to a guillotine choke and, <laughs> and then their opponent moves into side control on them. I really wish he would because that is elementary. Everybody watching this podcast right now, <laughs> here's the drill. If you grab a guillotine on somebody, they take you down, they move, to the opposite side that you have the head into side control, let go of the choke. Let there go. you go. Congratulations. You will now never get Von Flu choked because you have to do it to yourself. And I'm surprised that this didn't happen, but a Suarez got the win anyway. But maybe she would have been walking out with 50K otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nina Ansaroff and Angela Hill – the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. 
It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply put on an absolutely stellar scrap Great fight those Great two fight. i mean the, it's one of those fights that you just don't want someone to come out on the losing end and unfortunately yep, for course. angela hill she came out on the losing end but these two were just going at each other back and forth from the opening bell to the final horn fantastic scrap in my opinion unfortunately angela hill two and four in the uc now if i'm not mistaken and nina Ansaroff does what she has to do and emerges victorious yeah angela hill's one and two in both of her her runs in the ufc she lost on the ultimate fighter in quick fashion but both of her fights that she lost this run were very very good fights and i think they'll look at that a little more than her win-loss record because Women's strawweight fighters aren't exactly growing on trees, you know. So, what? I mean, what happened? She gets cut. She goes back to Invicta and, like, wins. Like, here, here's what I want to know, Joe. So, if, if I'm not saying they would cut her, mm-hmm. if they did cut her, and she went back to Invicta, would they just give her the title back? She vacated it, but nobody else has won it. If I were Invicta, I'd just be like. Here. There you go. Yeah. Here's your belt back. Yep. <laughs> we haven't done this yet. But I, I don't think she'll get cut. She's had a couple of really good fights. Also on the show, uh, Roberson, quick submission. Uh, that showed a little bit of evolution in his game because he came out of kickboxing and made that transition and got a rear naked choke. I mean, he's got a couple of arm bar wins on his record as well. But overall, uh, a pretty fun show uh man that, that those six straight decisions even though several of the fights were good and i was interested in them it still wore on me a little bit this this show you know it ended at like 1:20 in the morning so yeah the pacing was okay though they 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 didn't spend a bunch of time in between these fights joe well the problem was with the with the morass dotson fight it went past mm-hmm. the time limit of the show so luckily they stayed on the same station uh, or that could have been a major problem going elsewhere. Even, so I didn't even realize that. Um, so there, there was the Sean Strickland majority draw that got overturned due to a miscalculation to scores. I'm reading, uh, and it's a unanimous win for strict unanimous decision win for Strickland. How does this happen? It's happened before. We saw Mighty Mouse and McCall have months of their life robbed from them by this happening before because what wouldn't that fight have went to like an extra round or something like that like overtime yep which i didn't even know was legal but odd odd but we got lots of news to talk about joe yep where do you want to start god gotta be connor okay yeah connor i'm sure you're gonna go off about him uh, I could go off about him, but the bottom line is he needs to be somehow suspended and fined because you can't do that. I don't care who you are. 
You are not above the law. He's lucky he didn't get the soul charge for slapping the Bellator employee in the face. Uh, it's at, at some point, people have to realize, I don't care how big of a name he is, uh, take nothing away from the man. You, you just can't do that. doesn't matter who you are. You cannot do that. You cannot jump a cage. You cannot, under any circumstances, do that. And then you can't push a referee. And then you can't slap another human being in the face that happens to be the employee of, quote-unquote, your competition. I mean, it's just, it's all asinine. So the fact that it's, it was sanctioned, uh, if I'm not mistaken, by the gentleman from the Mohegan Sun, who's part of the Association of Boxing Commissions, I'm not, I mean, throw the book at him, don't throw the book at him, but at the same time, something's got to be done here. You can't, you can't just do that. And I get what you're saying. Nothing is going to happen. It is Conor McGregor. The UFC will some way somehow get involved and try and do whatever they can to sort of uh, you know, make it just a fine, maybe community oh, service or something. But you know what I think they'll do? Crazy. You know what I think they do? And you know what I would do if I were the UFC? There are ways around this, Joe. You know how like every time an NCAA team gets in trouble, they do their own investigation? Yes. Do their own investigation. Well, you self-impose a 90-day suspension on Conor McGregor and fine him 10K. And you say, you have Dana White go say, yeah, we had Conor for that December 30th show. He was in for it. He was ready to go. Wink, wink. One of those. Mm-hmm. He was he was going to fight on December 30th. He was going to do it, but we suspended him. There you go. There you go. But still, you got this Jason High situation a few years ago where Jason High did nothing nearly as bad, and he lost his job, and Dana White went off and said, you can't do that. He's fired. You get fired when you do that. Mm. Mm. And wasn't Goddard the ref that called? Yep. Him? That's what makes it worse, right? That's what Ooh. makes it worse. No, get some boxing gloves and sell that on pay-per-view. <laughs> That's a cool million easy. I don't think Goddard wants that. Oh, well, I think Goddard million. does. Yeah. Think Goddard's life. Goddard doesn't give a shit what happens to any referee after that because he ain't reffing another fight in his life. Yeah. He's just cashing in that check. I got gotcha. you. I just, you know what? I mean, I, I, I don't care if it was George St. Pierre that jumped the cage and did that. By, by the way, I should probably yeah. specify what happened. Uh, Conor McGregor jumped the cage after one of his teammates fought at Bellator and tackled his teammate in which my, Mark Goddard pushed him away and then McGregor went bananas. You can see my YouTube update. Uh, my video update it is on our story at Fightful.com. It is on YouTube. What do you think Dana White thinks of the extra viewers that McGregor got on Bellator? Because he loves it. at the Absolutely very least. loves it. <laughs> Hates it. Yeah. He got hundreds of thousands of eyes on Bellator MMA. If not millions, because it got on SportsCenter too. Oh, it was all over the news stations here. Yeah. Both sports stations had it, as well as uh, two different uh, news outlets had it. So that's how big Conor McGregor is, and that's—I mean, if, if, if no one has ever heard of Bellator, although a couple of a couple of stations didn't even say Bellator, they just said a mixed martial arts event in Ireland. I was like, ooh, that's not good. But yeah, yeah, Conor, bad, bad move, bad look. 
from a homophobic slur to this right now. Uh, no, from a homophobic slur. Yeah, no, but before that, it was the whole Goddard situation. Racial, racial stuff, homophobic slurs. Yeah, this is guys. Man, hey, you got to slow down a little bit. Uh, Anderson Silva needs to slow down. That fight I proposed, him and GSP, that ain't ever happening. GSP will never, ever, ever, ever in a million years fight this guy now, even if there's a fire, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. Um, this This – Analogy that of George St. Pierre not fighting Anderson Silva because Anderson Silva was flagged by USADA. This goes way back. Of course. George St. Pierre. This I used to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, man. I used to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I give nobody the benefit of the doubt anymore. Yeah. When Anderson first got popped by USADA, was that two years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's the broken leg excuse. You had that? Yeah, the text that I got from George after that explained everything to me. And I said, now, basically, I know why Anderson and George all that time never fought. Mm -hmm. And George was always on our crusade trying to tell anyone and everyone at the UFC and the commissions that there are people in this sport that are not clean. And we should do voluntary anti-doping association. We should do WADA. We should do this. We should do that. And Nobody would listen. And before the Johnny Hendricks fight, uh, we did the interview and we talked about him doing VADA. He'll pay for Johnny Hendricks, blah, blah, because he believed that there were so many people on there that if you get the, you know these, these drug testing agencies involved, they'll stop or they'll get caught. And lo and behold, what's happened to so many of these fighters once USADA came in? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's sad. It's embarrassing. I think it's ruined his legacy to an extreme degree. Yeah. Man, Joe, I remember the first time I ever grappled with someone who straight up told me they were on PEDs. Mm-hmm. And physically, it was horrifying. Yeah. Like I had grappled with some real strong dudes before. This was it was horrifying, man. Uh Michael Bisping saved this show. I this is a one fight show. This yeah. this UFC Shanghai show. It is a one-fight show. It is Kelvin Gastelum versus whoever. If that fight didn't happen, I don't think there's any way they could have ran this show. No way. Um, Michael Bisping already getting in that cage. The balls on that guy. That's the best. The tumor-sized balls. Like, <laughs> like he just shoved him in a microwave and said, whatever happens, happens. That's the size of balls this guy has. Amazing. As I refer to him on on Twitter, the Bisping, because the guy is something else. Um, I know that a lot of Canadians were anti Michael Bisping leading up to last Saturday. Understandably so, Michael had to sell the fight. Uh, I did what I could to tell people: look, man, don't hate on Michael Bisping, don't hate on Chael Sonnen, don't hate on Tito Ortiz, don't hate on Conor McGregor, don't hate on all these guys. They have jobs to do. You want to hate on them? Watch their fight, pay for it, they get paid. Michael Bisping is the man. The guy's nuts. He's crazy. Uh, and I can't wait for him to get back into the cage. I'm going, I think the goddamn promo he's going to cut on Anderson Silva. Oh, yeah. It's going to be crazy. That is his whole deal. Like, that is yeah. his – he is going to cut some of the best promos of his life leading up to this on short notice because now he, I'm sure he's got a chip on his shoulder. We go from thinking he might have retired a few weeks ago. Man, a ton of respect for that guy. 
a ton of respect for that guy for saving that show because I was already I was prepared to not watch anything on that day. So a lot of respect <laughs> to him for that. Um Joe Oh boy. You know who I don't have respect for? I think I know where you're about to go with this, but I, I might throw in is this person the luckiest person on the face of the earth right now? If Brad Kohler is the luckiest person on the face oh, of the earth. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Because you sent me that email, Joe. I don't want to talk about that. It's disgusting. Okay. No way this can be shady, right? One million dollar prize on the line. They didn't say USD. So maybe it's like rubles or something. Rubles. <laughs> In Russia, backyard rules, 53-year-old Brad Kohler, UFC veteran, fighting a woman. Which means nut shots, clam jams, oil checks, all legal. All legal. Joe Sun style, like just, maybe you could even throw a shoe like he did in that movie, that Austin Powers movie. Like anything goes. And of course, Wes Sims is on the undercard of this because why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he be? Man. A man versus a woman. I, I, you know, this, this reeks to high heaven. It's heaven. It's going to be rigged. It's going to be so rigged. Anyway, uh, we gave that enough publicity. I'm sure that we'll, we've got an article up on that at fightful.com, but uh, also a freak show, but a bit of a better one, Bellator's heavyweight tournament. So we, we've, I've often said, what the hell is up with Bellator's heavyweight division? I've, I've badgered Scott Coker anytime I can get my voice within his ear's reach. Because Cole Comrade got the hell out. Vitaly Minikov got the hell out. So they, they've bid adieu to two former undefeated heavyweight champions. You got Chael Sonnen, Frank Mir, Rampage Jackson, Ryan Bader, uh, a few other names in there. I'll, I'll pull up all the names. What was your first reaction to hearing about this tournament? Um, that these guys listen to the Holy Smokes podcast every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern because my co-host always talks about and blasts them for not having a Bellator heavyweight champion while the host of the show, yours truly, has been expressing how important and tournaments are and how bellator screwed things up by not having the tournament and we've been saying it for so long and lo and behold they combine those two ideas and have a bellator heavyweight tournament so i'm not taking credit for it you're not taking credit for it but we are here are the contestants (laughs) matt mitrione roy nelson ryan bader current ufc light heavyweight champion the newly re-signed rampage jackson i give it a month before he hates working there (laughs) <laughs> King Molawal, Chael Sonnen, Frank Mir, and Fedor. Now, we've seen some of these fights before. They're not going to run back. You know, Mitrione and Arlovsky, I'm sure, are going to be on opposite – or Mitrione and Fedor are going to be on opposite end of, end of the bracket, I hope. They say they're going to do a tournament draw. That's dumb. Just match them up creatively. Nobody wants to see Mo and Rampage again. Not a damn person on this world. I would rather see Rampage and Chael Sonnen, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Brian Bader might win this thing. Oh, wow, yeah. Good. Brian Bader is the best fighter in this tournament. 
Now, Joe, there's a question that I posed. Justin Wren is on this roster. Yeah. Okay. Bobby Lashley is on this roster, and he, he ain't there on a technical level, but on a name level, he sure is. He's also 5-0 and in the UFC. Augusto Sakai is on this roster. There is no chance in hell this tournament goes off without a hitch. Mm-hmm. No way. You have to do alternate bouts. I got to imagine that one of those guys, I mean, people sometimes forget Daniel Cormier was an alternate. He was a reserve. I was just going to say that to you because I remember talking the story when I had the radio show back in the day. I'd looked at my co-host and we said, can you imagine that? I mean, anything can happen. No one's ever heard of Daniel Cormier. Can you imagine he wins this tournament? And it was the conversation was, it's impossible. There's no way he could win yeah. this tournament. And lo and behold, Daniel Cormier won the Strike Force Heavyweight Tournament. Hey, he's still got an answer to Chad Griggs, my friend. Mm. Chad Griggs won two reserve bouts and never got his shot. That's true. That's true. Set he it never up. Got his shot. But yeah, man, like you never know. And that what happened to that alternate Joe? He went on to become one of the greatest MMA fighters, pound for pound, of all time in Daniel Cormier. Now, I'm not saying that that Justin Wren's there, but Justin Wren took that big break off, and he he's been kicking ass since he came back. So, I hope that they put. I think it would be smart. Just go ahead, book Lashley and Justin Wren because best case scenario for Bellator, you've got a pro wrestler, famous pro wrestler that ends up winning. Worst case scenario, you have a guy who helps make a, a further name for himself off of that. But hey, I'm also on the guys in the on the live chat, guys and girls in the live chat, they've been just yeah. absolutely fantastic. Uh, love you guys and girls. Don't forget, get get get. Get your peeps on your social media to tune in, join in uh, either right now or make sure Tuesdays for sure for some more Mixed Martial Arts uh, podcast goodness. Sean, what else you want to talk about? What else we got? There's more. I feel like there's more. Jose Aldo, the luckiest man on the planet, gets the rematch with Max Holloway. I I mean, I can't say I didn't see this coming, but I didn't see this coming. Also, Cruz out of his planned fight. We mentioned that earlier. But yeah, man, Frankie Edgar, lucky uh, Jose Aldo, luckiest man, fightful, unluckiest website. A day, <laughs> a day and a half after we had an exclusive interview, so I had the articles loaded up in the back end for like you know, Frankie Edgar talks about upcoming title shot. I had to change all the dialogue in the article. It was a feature. It was a pain in the ass. I mean, you never know. Maybe Jose Aldo somehow beats uh, Jose Aldo is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Maybe he gets it done. If that happens, do they do an immediate trilogy? Yeah. I mean, you gotta. You gotta. Unless it's an absolute ass whooping, but yeah, you have to. I mean, the last fight was an absolute ass whooping, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I, well, yeah, the way it ended, yeah. But, you know, yeah. Jose was doing good until the cardio just went, see ya. Mm-hmm. And then Max is like, exactly what I wanted. This is exactly how it was going to happen. And then, poop, game over. So. I'm, I'm a little surprised that that Aldo was willing to step up like that because you know he's he's not always the easiest to deal with, Joe. You know what? You're yeah, you're bang on. But I guess because it's his title, which he's yeah. lost twice, he'll take those fights right away. He won't take any other fights. Well, he can, but it is what it is. But yeah, we're going to see you know Aldo Holloway too. So. What do you think of Dennis Seaver signing with ACB? He's off the win of BJ Penn. I mentioned this the other day. Like, mm-hmm. 
by the numbers and the metrics that I see, ACB is the number three promotion in the world. Like, I, you know, I can feel how I want to feel about their political situation, and it is uh, – you all got to look up Kareem Zidane's uh, stuff on that. It's almost unbelievable, some of that stuff. But it's another situation where they're signing a guy from the region, the the, the continental region at least – with some name value, but that's an interesting signing. UFC, I guess, was like, sure. thank you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for your service, bro. They get massive. They, they get big audience, man. Like they get a live gate. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Like I've seen some of the footage of some of their fights. I'm like, what am I watching here? Even KSW, you start watching some of those fights in Poland. You're like, holy smokes. A lot of people there. There's there's some free agents out there right now. There's Johnny Hendricks. There's Clay Guida. Uh, we we've seen actually we got a, a feature coming up. Like Zach Atau even said that he, he's looking for a new contract with his next fight. Like big names, little names. There are free agents that are just kind of going out there, and more people are fishing for big deals than ever before. Also, Rampage Jackson. I mentioned it earlier. He re-signed with Bellator. Isn't like every time he works for one place, he talks about how much he misses the other and how much he hates the place he's at now. I so can't. What are you thinking here? I can't. As the millennials say, I can't. I can't. It's, it's I can't even, Joe. I can't even. Excuse Jesus me. Jesus Christ. I can't even. Well, most of my friends, kids, or friends in general that are still in their twenties, I can't. That's what I hear. I can't. Well, you can't even is right. I can't even. Guys, Sorry. This week on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, we will preview. What do we got next week? Bellator 188, UFC Fight Night Australia. And uh, you will be in Florida next weekend for Shorty Torres' next fight. Yeah, it's going to be a great card. Uh, On Tuesday for the actual podcast, for the Holy Smokes podcast, uh, I'm endeavoring to speak to a party who many of you know um, has been on the show before trained with a certain Robert Whitaker and a certain George St. Pierre when they were all at TriStar and told me a few stories of how it all went down when GSP, Whitaker, and this party would train. So if all goes well, this gentleman will join us on Tuesday's podcast. Scott we'll- Ferrozo? No, it wasn't. But we'll get some interesting <laughs> Scott Ferrozo. We'll get some interesting insight on what this person believes uh, could potentially happen if George St. Pierre and Robert Whitaker actually do fight. And hopefully he'll share some stories of what actually happened in the gym. Was it Taylor Tooley? Taylor Tooley without the tooth, missing the tooth. Do you did you know he was in like a pretty big movie? Yeah. Was it was it at Austin Powers? As no, well no, as, uh, no, that was Joe's son. son. That was Joe's son, yeah. yeah. Uh, Taylor Tooley was the sumo guy. Uh that Jared Gordon popped in the mouth. Yeah. Do you know the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yeah. Yeah. He was he in was it? was the guy who slaughtered the pig in that movie. Oh, yeah. The fellow. That was him. Interesting. Isn't it weird how so many of these old, old, old UFC guys were able to transition into parts in big movies? Pretty true. nuts, man. Well, Tank Abbott and John McCarthy were on uh, episode of Friends, weren't they? That's true. That's true. And even though I'm sure that uh, that uh, David Schwimmer got paid more than Tank Abbott for that. <laughs> David Schwimmer went to the hospital, and Tank Abbott went to the bar after bar. that filming. 
<laughs> you know how that went down. Absolutely. Guys, visit Fightful.com. I didn't plug everything today. I'm waiting until the end of the shows to do that. Uh, go to our forums. I love how active you all have been over there. I've been doing these um, up news updates as well. I know you all have been reacting to those very well. Subscribe, like, thumbs up. That stuff really helps. I want to thank you guys so much for the support. Our MMA section growing rapidly. We Every day at Fightful.com, usually on the MMA side especially, you have something there that you can't see anywhere else, some exclusive piece of info, some exclusive story. Something is at Fightful.com every single day that you will not get at any other website. And I don't know a lot of other wrestling websites that do that. There are a few MMA websites that do. There are no crossover websites that do that. None. Follow me at Sean Ross Sat. Follow us. We've got three different handles. We have our wrestling handle at Fightful Wrestle. We have our MMA handle at Fightful MMA. And then both at Fightful Online. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you have a photo of yourself wearing a Fightful shirt, which you all can pick up at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful, send it to us. I'm going to add them to our Instagram. want to put you all over for putting us over because we really appreciate it. Our shirts kick ass. I gave the de- design to our uh, design team uh, last year. They made it a reality, and I think they are awesome-looking shirts. Our boy Matt Riddle wears them all the time, so you probably should too. Joe, anything else before we go? No, I'm just excited for uh, for Tuesday's show. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Wish they could have be- waited and let a little bit of this news leak, which, I mean, we're going to have the fallout of a lot of this news. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just uh, before you're for on a personal side, it's going to be daddy daycare uh, for the next Ooh. two days. The wife is leaving with uh, two other couples' wives. The wives are going to a spa uh, oh north of the city. So the boys, all the men, are taking care of the boys. So uh, I'll be in and around the greater Toronto area that you know very well with my little guy. Hopefully neither one of us get arrested so I can make the show on Tuesday. I'm just waiting for Jimmy to fly me out for the Oasis ads Christmas party that I'm sure I'm sure he'll do. I'm sure, <laughs> I, I bet he'll do it. Not not to say I'd be disappointed or anything if he didn't do it, Jimmy. But uh, <laughs> Jimmy's the best. <laughs> he is. All right, guys. Thank you all so much. Get those questions in. I'm going to start doing Q and A pieces on Fightful.com. So head over to the forum. Send me tweets. Until next time, guys. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.